0: You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget here on Moody Radio. Eric is out today, but Jill and I have a friend in the studio, and that friend's name is Ronald Clay. He's the facilities engineer at Moody Bible Institute, so he's usually in Chicago. Are you enjoying the warmer weather, Ron?
1: I am. I'm I'm thinking about uh, investing in real estate down here, actually, while (laughs) I'm down here. (laughs) It might
0: be a little expensive, but not a bad idea. Well, one of the things you're here to do is not talk facilities— That might be interesting for some, but more interesting for us is your testimony and how you came to Christ. I want to hear maybe a little bit more, though, of the backstory leading up, because I know you spent some time even behind bars.
1: Right, right. I was Mm -hmm. incarcerated for eight and a half years, Um, Mm -hmm. but I did grow up in a Christian home, and my father was a minister. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grandfather was a pastor, and I was the, you know the black sheep of my family Mm -hmm. i uh rebelled against my home uh teaching wanting to find out who i was in the world as opposed to finding out who i was and what my father taught me who i should be in christ Mm -hmm. right so um 2007 uh december 28th i robbed a uh armor car armor truck i went to the armor truck and uh I robbed an armored truck.
0: Well, what made you think to do that? I mean, that's just they're they're so secure. What made they're, you think w- to do right. that? Right.
1: Well, there was a uh, there was a plan, mm-hmm. along with me and uh, some people that I was affiliated with to uh, to do this. I actually wasn't a part of the initial plan to do this. I walked in on while wow, this was going on. And uh, they asked to use my vehicle. I was like, no, I want in. And at that time, I was separated from my then wife, of whom I have a child, a 17-year-old daughter with. And I was uh, married. I was struggling, trying to find uh, some things. I had one foot in the street, going to church here and there, not really – because I was taught to do that all my life. So Church was something to do, not a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And – uh, me and my wife, were I separated and I needed money. And I had already had a degree, already graduated from the University of St. Francis. Uh, I had contacts and networking, but I didn't, again, I was finding, trying to find myself. I didn't uh, know uh, the extent of my abilities or the extent of uh, what it is that I could do um, until I actually got to prison, which mm. is kind of ironic. But mm. now that I'm thinking about it... Um, so I I said, yeah, I want in. What's, what's the plan? Found out what the plan was, and I said, man, they're going to get caught. <laughs> I don't I – don't. so we had – we were all together. It was like six of us, and in the middle of it, I was ready. I had my gun. I was on the side of the uh, – uh, at the Home Depot in the back by the garbage bin. There was an inside guy at the time mm-hmm. who was there trying – who worked on the truck, who we knew the route and the timing, and – um, during the middle of that, they decided they didn't want to do it anymore. And me and how I am, I'm like, look, let's do this. And they're like, no. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna do it by myself. Right. So, uh, like a week later, I decided to do that knowing the route, knowing the route and the timing and when the inside guy was working. No one, know. no one knew, including the inside guy that I was going to do it on that day. To them the plan was dead but because i knew the the plan and 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 the timing i decided to do it myself so i did it and um the inside guy ended up telling them it was me <laughs> and that's how i ended up getting caught after it was done mm-hmm. and the funny thing about that and it's not funny it was the when they caught me the fbi the atf uh the local police and sheriff they cut off 57, which is I-57, going north to Chicago, a major uh, interstate. And the guy, who was the most vocal out of the task force or um, the group of the uh, agents, he said, "Hey, I'll never forget this. This, this, he get out the car. So and throw your weapon out the car. Um, I had already threw my weapon out when I did the robbery, so I didn't have a weapon." So I just threw something out the window that I had to identify his weapon and let him know I'm not armed. Mm-hmm. He says, get out the car, throw your hands up, and let me tell you something. <laughs> um, I have an itchy ch- trigger finger, and everybody will back me up. So I need you to don't even act like you want to do something or I'm going to blow your head off in so many words. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I, he says, back up until you feel the, my shotgun hit the back of your head. And I said, okay. He said, keep going, keep going. I hope you don't trip because uh, um, you're a goner. I'm like, wow, this guy really wants to do me in, right? And so he says, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I felt the gun hit the back of my head. He says, now get down to your knees. And he's like, you're lucky because I wanted to do something to you today. You really uh, messed my day up. I said, wow. So I'm on the ground and I said out loud, I thought I said it to myself in my head, I said, "I said my life is over. Like everything that I've known or knew, Mm -hmm. all the opportunities that I had, the things that I was on track to try to do, it was just over at that point. And the same guy who was threatening me, he says, you know what son, your life doesn't have to be over. This can be actually the beginning, I said. Who said that? I got up. This guy looked me dead in the eye. He says, "Um, you do have options. This can be the beginning for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not see that, nor did I hear that as far as like trying to process actually that how can this be the beginning? I'm about Mm -hmm. to go to prison. I know I'm going to prison. I know that things can be, it's just going to be downhill from there. Um, and what ended up happening, my father ended up coming to the prison with me in the jail where they held me until I was, uh, transferred to, uh, federal, uh, federal holding. Um, my father being the minister came up and prayed with me and the guy who, uh, had the gun back in my head and told me that it could be the beginning, pray with me as well. And he's a, he's a federal agent. And, um, and he walked away saying, you know, Christ is the answer. <laughs> So I was like, wow. And during that whole period of time, I felt God had his his hand on the prison that I went to, the people that I encountered um, up until October 6th when I gave my life to Christ, uh, October 6th, 2012.
0: Well, I wonder what would have happened if— During that time that you found the friends that helped you hatch a plan to uh, get you into the situation where you are now looking at prison time, what would have happened if a Christian friend would have been there, would have come alongside? Do you feel like you would have been receptive to that?
1: No. Actually, I was around Christian people the whole time. I was just not seeing that as a solution to my problem. Mm. I didn't see uh, Christ being the answer. Right. I grew up in a home where Christ was always the answer. But in my mind, looking at Christianity and Christ, I didn't see it being an answer solution because the on a surface level, um, I still saw problems. Mm -hmm. But my mom, my dad, no matter what the problems were, they had peace. Mm -hmm. Right. They had a trust in God that I had no understanding of. Um, And it wasn't until I got to my wits end in prison that I felt I couldn't take anymore, that I knew my grandfather, my father always told me that I had a refuge, Mm. that I had a savior that will take me in once I dropped to my knees and gave it all to him. So
0: what changed then? What happened? What kind of interrupted your life so that your eyes were finally opened?
1: My father died Mm. while I was in prison. And my father always told me growing up that God has a plan for you when you decide to let go of who you think you are in your own way and follow his will and his way. And he said, he's always groomed me for uh, ministry. And I didn't even know he was grooming me until I became a minister because mm-hmm. of the things that he taught me as a young age at a young age came um, to head when I was older. But when I was in prison, October 1st, I found out my father had passed um, I found out through email and he had already been dead for three days mm-hmm. and what was going on in prison at that time that I was, um, um, uh, just a, a part of the gang culture, mm-hmm. part of the prison life, uh, still, still rebelling, doing my own thing. Um, um, uh, just, uh, doing things that I know were wrong, mm-hmm. trying to survive suff- in and out of the hole, fighting. Um, it was, it was just, um. Uh, Chaos And it was very chaotic mentally, emotionally, spiritually in the downspire. I was already spiritually dormant, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I'm just glad that uh, Christ didn't turn me over to my flesh and harden my heart, that I was able to receive him. Once I knew my father died, that was at just the boiling point. Along with everything else that I was dealing with in prison and mentally things that were going on outside of prison, it was just a lot and at that point when i found out my father died while i was in prison all that he sacrificed all that he was all that he taught me i was walking the track i broke down crying got to my knees and said lord forgive me i'm sorry i can't take anymore i need i need you because i don't have any answers anymore Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and at that point prison time wasn't over you still had to serve out the rest of your sentence right i have five years left
1: mm-hmm. i still have five years left and mm-hmm. let me tell you once i gave my life to christ once i surrendered uh my will to his will that was the easiest five years that in in that setting that things just went by so quick really? that first three years was so slow <laughs> so like just Things just, it was just real slow, real hard. And I made it hard on myself. The environment could have been much rougher. It could have been like the maximum penitentiary that I, God prevented me from going to. I'm i am actually glad knowing and understanding what goes on there and prison itself, but i that I avoided that, right? Mm-hmm. And even where I was, it was hard because I made it hard for myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to get into the things that I did. I didn't have to be who I thought I needed to be while doing my time, and I figured that out when God gave me clarity, wisdom, and peace to actually see and have an understanding of what was going on, that he can be in control he, if I allow him to, and things just opened up from there.
0: So fu- finish out the rest of your sentence, you got out of prison, and you decide to go to Moody Bible Institute?
1: No, I got out okay. of prison, <laughs> and while I was in prison, what's funny was I— i did want to go into ministry when i got saved my first prayer when i was saved was lord i want to work for the kingdom Mm -hmm. use me so that i can do that right so it worked for solomon and i was like okay let me see if it worked for me right (laughs) i'll put your will ahead of mine this is my first prayer i want to work for the kingdom and the lord um showed me that you don't have to wait until you get out to do the work you can do the work now there are Mm -hmm. people who are lost and there are people who are my people here who you can help uh, usher and, and uh, disciple. And so me needing discipling myself, I started a Bible study. I stayed in prayer. I listened to Moody Bible, uh, Moody Radio when I was in prison. Um, I heard J. Vernon McGee all the time and um, Charles Stanley. And so that was my discipling. That was my grooming. And I did want to go and learn the Word more. The Lord put that into my heart. When I got out, there was somebody in prison that says, "Hey, you're in Chicago. Want to go to Moody Bible Institute?" But that was the furthest thing from my mind. I had actually gotten a welding certificate while I was in prison, mm-hmm. through all the rough things, and, and and the Lord opened the door for me to do that. So I got my weld welding certification. I thought I was coming out to do, to do welding. The funny thing is to go to where I needed to go every day to the um um to the uh play organization that was helping me get on my feet. I passed by Moody Bible Institute every day and didn't even know it. (laughs) Uh I I wasn't paying attention to it. I saw the LifeWay bookstore that's on Chicago Avenue in LaSalle at that time when it was there. And one day I just got off the bus and I just stood across the street from Moody for like 30 minutes looking at the Institute. Somebody could have just saw me and thought I was a threat (laughs) just looking at the Institute. Like, what is he doing? Like, what is he doing? (laughs) Right. And I just stood there looking because I had so much... Uh, doubt people are going to judge me. Mm. Um, This is not for me. I'm too old to go back to school. All these kids running around. I'm almost 40. What (laughs) I'm going to do with just staying here, just I don't know if this is for me. I'm just continuing my path. Uh, And again, doors were open. Mm. I was able to attend the class, attend a conference. Then I had the references I need from the professors like, yeah, he can be admitted. And from there, at that point, once I stepped onto the campus, it was no turning back. Mm-hmm. It was no turning back. And from that point, Moody has been every point of my life as far as the ministry I'm doing now, the church I'm tending now, the wife that I have now, uh, the house that I live in now. I graduated from Moody in May this year with the MDiv. Uh, and... It's been a journey, but yeah, it's. I can't. I'm looking back in Florida, where my job has sent me to do a job that I got trained to do while at Moody Bible Institute, and I'm looking at this and I'm like, "Only God! I did not see this at all. <laughs> this was not a part of my plan." But wow. because I trusted God, Moody Bible Institute was very instrumental in me and my development of Scripture, um, of a man of God, and I. I'm here talking to you in Florida on Moody's Dime right now, <laughs> doing the work, right?
0: <laughs> only God, only God. So what's your message now to those? Now that you, you've lived through this life, you've gotten saved, you're ministering to others, what is your message to them as maybe someone who's lost today as you were?
1: If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. I have been made new In Christ, I, the old me, was the me that I was born into through my mom's womb, from my mom's womb, uh, raised in a home where the word didn't penetrate. But because I was surrounded by it, it became, it was a part of me and I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. Because when I needed it, I knew where to go. Mm -hmm. Number one, for those parents out there who are raising their children and you have a child, as my parents did in me, that doesn't seem like um, things are working and your prayers aren't being answered. Keep praying. For those who are in prison and you're seeing like that, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't see the road ahead. Christ is the answer. Keep praying, right? For those of you who, when you get out and things just seem like, I don't know where to go because there was a period of time that, I was in the halfway house and Moody was not in my, my, my sights. And I was like, Lord, you said you had me. What's going on? Because I'm like in this position where I don't know what to do. Keep praying. God hears the prayers of the righteous. So the prayers that you're having for your children, the prayers you're praying to God and leaving at the throne of grace, trusting God that he will lead you. And it's not about you. I want it to be a part of the kingdom. And every prayer has been more about the kingdom and God's work and not about myself. Mm. Like, I need this. I need that. I want that. Are your needs and your desires around the will of God? Are your needs and desires about someone else or about yourself? And everything that I asked for, I wanted to do the work and the will, and he has made that way for me to do so, and I'm just thankful. So for those who are listening, and no matter what position you are in, just keep praying for someone. Or for God to intervene and give you clarity and wisdom on the current situation.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, Ron, thank you so much for just sharing your testimony with us and the encouragement that you've given uh, so many listening to your testimony this morning.
1: Well, God bless you. I appreciate you being appreciate being here.